Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Canes Country Podcast. We are super excited that things are about to start happening and happening very, very quickly. It's going to be overwhelming to all of our senses. We have a special episode this week because special things are happening. Uh, of course, my name is Brett Finger, joined by Ryan Henkel and Andrew Schnicker. Per usual, how are you guys doing? Doing better now that I'm not in Boston. There you go. Enough with y'all, because we have a special guest this week. And that, of course, is Matt Sama, Kane's Country Prospect Writer, Kane's Netfront on Twitter, and of course, Kane's Prospects Twitter account on Twitter. Very insightful. Matt, hello. Thank you for joining us this week. How are you doing? uh i'm doing well and uh you know what people have asked me before if i'm multiple people um so you know so the answer is yes you're confirming that here. yes the answer is yes i i have um two personalities one is kane's prospects the other is matt um this is this is an exclusive kane's yeah. country podcast report we've had a few of these the past few weeks all of them legitimate yes yes we have we have so much to get into we have a guest Big things happening this week, namely, the preseason schedule was announced. Who all's excited for the preseason? Woo! Can we get some excitement Woo-hoo! for the preseason? If you yes, got tired of playing the same teams, specifically the Nashville Predators and Tampa Bay Lightning, I do not have good news for you. Yeah, uh, who's ready for more salary cap discourse, am I right? Yeah, I was about to say, will they still be $18 million over the cap? When the preseason rolls around, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know. I mean, Kucherov needs to take some time to heal his rib, and you know, Hedman's meniscus. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if they got to be on LTIR, I think that's totally fair within the rules and, and something you know that will definitely not be exploited down the road. No. Somebody, I think it was Corey Lavalette. I think joked that they're trying to have Kucherov on long-term IR with an 82-game hangover, and he seems to be doing some very <laughs> good work making some good progress in that regard number one bullshit baby yeah let's not talk this isn't this is a nikita kucherov podcast let's not we've had enough of that (laughs) speaking of things that i've about had enough of expansion drafts and this week tomorrow or today if you're listening the day that this podcast comes out the expansion draft the seattle kraken will enter our lives for the first time in a really official capacity in ways that frustrate us, uh, perhaps make us happy, depends on your your outlook. And the, every team in the league submitted protected lists. The Hurricanes came out mostly the expected, but there were a few surprises. So we have Sebastian Ajo, Jesper Fast, Warren Fogel, Jordan Stahl, Andrei Svechnikov, Teo Teravine, and Vincent Trocek for the forwards. The expected Pesci, Slave, and Shea protections on the on the defensive side, and Alex Nedeljkovic in net. That means Nito Niederreiter will be available for the picking for Seattle if if they really want to go that route, and so will Jake Bean. Thoughts on this on this protected list? We'll start with you, Matt. There was one that might 
have maybe stood out for for a lot of people. What were your thoughts on it? I think that I don't think there were any super big surprises. I think this is kind of one of those things where the Kane situation was always going to be a little overhyped, you know, because you've got to sell a story on it for a whole year, right? Um, Fogel being protected wasn't a huge surprise because he has been in trade rumors. So, I mean, you know, if they're working on a trade, why, you know, let Seattle take him for free? Um, I think the biggest surprise was that they kind of said, do it, I dare you with uh, Nino Niederreiter, you know? Yeah. Like, Nino's coming off of a 20-goal season and was on pace for almost 30. And the team, I mean, it's a big contract, but they were saying, you know, hey, Seattle, if you take him, like, we're not going to argue with you, apparently. They thought protecting Jesper Fast and Warren Fogel was more important, which, you know, that's an internal thing. I'm not going to sit here and complain about that because everybody else did that for me. <laughs> are you insinuating that social media might be complaining about things that are really not that big of a deal? Uh, Kane's Twitter blowing something out of proportion. It's totally unheard of, man. Unheard of. Like, we're, we're in uncharted waters here. Yeah, I think when when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, I think we all expected Fogel to be one of the exposed guys. But, you know, I, when you think about it, it, it's interesting. Like Matt said, it's kind of like inviting Seattle. If you want to do this, you can. I mean, I, I don't know if they would go for a Niederreiter over a Jake Bean, though. That's that's kind of if I'm in Seattle's shoes, Ron Francis's shoes, uh, shoes we're familiar with. Who who do you think he goes after? A Jake Bean or a, a Nito Niederreiter? Who, I mean, five million dollars or however much over that is it's substantial, but it's only for a year, and then you have to renegotiate with him. Jake Bean, you have a lot of team control. You have a guy that, that Ron Francis was obviously liked enough to draft uh, in 2016. Uh, so, Ryan, <laughs> if, you're, if you're Ron Francis, you're, you're Ronnie Franchise, and you're starting a franchise, who do you take? If I'm Ron Francis, like, are we saying that I would make the choices that I feel Ron Francis would make? or if I, I want you to make a prediction right here on the podcast. If I'm Ron Francis, I'm slow building everything, no matter, and I'm also not a not a, using my best judgment for the talent in front of me. And I'm just going to take Jake <laughs> Bean because I also drafted him once already. So I don't care about whatever talent's out there in the league right now to put together a competitive team in a super weak Pacific division. I'm taking prospects and picks, and I'm not moving any players. And I am slow building for 10 years. But see, here's the thing. If you take Niederreiter and he has a good start to the season, you then can sell him for picks at the deadline, maybe more picks. And you know Ron Francis likes to do that. And you can trade those picks for more picks and draft more puck-moving left-handed defensemen. You can go into it. You can go in, You can come out of the trade deadline talking about how, like, you now have 17 picks in the upcoming draft, and you're really excited about that because – you have the option to like package some of them and trade them for some help for your NHL roster and then make all of them. He can trade Josh Juris for Greg McKegg again. Yeah. 
big money moves. Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie, big money move Francis. That's yeah. I've heard him called that before. Um, a very popular nickname. Too. Yeah. Right, right now. Yeah. Right now. The one thing I would say in Ron Francis's defense here in terms of trying to base what he's going to do now off of what we saw him do here. I think from what we've seen, he has the green light to spend the cap from ownership in Seattle. And I do not think that that is something that he ever had um, for the vast majority of his tenure here. And I, th- I think it also be like, there's a lot of good, like left scoring wingers currently there's our left scoring left left-handed wingers scoring wingers like JVR Jason Zucker I mean like does he want like someone like that over need a writer that was that was kind of my thought too like I did the um arm the like mock or Seattle expansion draft simulator on cap friendly and if you go through like there are a lot of like good veteran wingers that he can take like the guys that Ryan just mentioned. Um, and, and you look at a guy like Jake Bean, who's young, team-controlled, cost-controlled. Again, a player you drafted, a player you like. Probably, like, I mean, he had his struggles, as, but, I, I mean, as a rookie defenseman, like, probably still has a pretty high ceiling as a potential top-four defenseman who can run a power play. So, I, I, I mean, I think it's a gamble on the hurricanes part to expose Niederreiter. Cause I get like you, you have the cap space, but like if he gets taken, but like, my thing is, is he had a year left? Are you going out and getting a player for that amount? Who's going to score at a 30 goal pace next season? If he gets taken, like probably not, but I, I think it's a fairly calculated gamble because I, again, I do think, and I'm sure the hurricanes think this way as well, that, the most likely outcome here is still Francis taking Jake Bean. Yeah, I think, I mean, they know who Seattle's taking. They, they are, they're fully aware of who uh, Ronald's going to go ahead and, and take there uh, <laughs> on Wednesday. Um, and uh, it'd be kind of surprising if they took Nita Ryder. Uh, you're kind of, unless they're Vegas 2.0 and holy shit i mean i can't take another vegas uh expansion draft year of of just dominating with with every other team's discarded uh rejects if you take near rider and, and you play him up in your lineup and, and he produces and and gets an opportunity to do well you're kind of betting on him doing that and then you flipping him at the deadline for something that's better than Jake Bean. And I don't know how realistic that is, you know? So in my mind, it it feels like Jake Bean's the pretty clear pick there. Um, But I don't know, man. Whenever you you hope or think Ron Francis is going to do something, he does something that disappoints you. And you know what? That's something that is just a fact, and we just have to live with that. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Uh, another interesting thing is they have reportedly been talking to J.P. Barry, who is the agent of Adam Larson and Dougie Hamilton. Uh, that would also be shocking if uh, if Dougie Hamilton was a Seattle Kraken. Well, my my th- my one thing with that is like. If you know, if you're the Hurricanes and you know at this point, okay, Dougie Hamilton is not coming back. We're too far apart. He's not 
would it be the worst? Like, it would probably be actually a pretty good outcome for Seattle to sign him and him be your selection because a you don't he does you don't have to worry about him going to a team like the Flyers and b then that's your selection and if he's gone you get to keep a guy like Jake Bean sure i mean if 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 he's going to go somewhere i mean i guess seattle would be the most ideal other side of the country uh far far away from breaking your heart in any way uh I'm just not ready for more Jake Bean equals Ryan Murphy comparisons. They're they're coming fast and furious. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I'm cool if Seattle makes those comparisons. I don't care. <laughs> but it's like I just don't want another year of Canes fans doing that and being wrong about it. Yeah, well, well, not every every year or every young defenseman who doesn't pan out is going to be Ryan Murphy. That's, Even that's Ryan Murphy. It's going to be Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy really did a number on a lot of people. I think. Uh, I think I underestimated how how long lasting that Ryan Murphy pain would would stick around. I mean, it's been a long time. These are scars, man. They never go away. They never go away. He was with like uh, Henderson Silver Knights last I checked. Was he? Like he's still he's still kicking around. He's still kind of. He, yeah, he had a, he had a stint in the KHL and then came back to the AHL. I think I think he did sign with uh, Vegas. Good, for, Good for Ryan Murphy. All right, he's far away from here. He's on the team with the literal worst online presence ever. Cool. Oh God, yes. That's what I would very much not like to see Seattle turn into. Oh, yeah, me too. I didn't want to say it, um, but yeah, if Seattle's online presence is anything like Vegas, you can just go ahead and unfollow me because i'm deleting my account <laughs> they're not off to a good start i mean they they were like i don't expect to see the official nhl account like in dimensions of uh of a leaked video like that that was kind of surprising i was like really of course it was a leafs fan that did it man of course <laughs> you can't you can't just let anything be with leafs fans They'll make a big, a huge, a huge to do, and of course, it, of course, it was like the Maple Leafs pick and the Maple Leafs fan, because of course it wouldn't be like Arizona or Anaheim or or just a team that exists. It had to be Toronto. Right, and freaking out over whether or not they're going to pick Alex Kerfoot isn't the discourse <laughs> I thought I'd you know see today, but you know. Oh, when they free up that cap space, they sign Dougie Hamilton and they go on to win the Stanley Cup. Who will be laughing then? No one. Literally no one. Exactly. The TVA. <laughs> <laughs> that Every would be the same story. That'd be the worst timeline. There's two drafts. There's the expansion draft on Wednesday, and at the end of the week, we have the NHL not entry draft. When was the last time it was the entry draft? Was it twenty twelve? The last time it was the entry draft? I thought they still called it that. Oh. I did too. Well, it might be it's 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 either the NHL draft or the NHL entry draft. I thought they dropped the entry part of it. They might have dropped it on the branding, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think I just felt like that out of like a force of habit. No. Yeah. Especially this week when we have two of them, it's yeah, it's good. yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. I would say Wikipedia says NHL entry draft, but NHL.com says NHL draft. 
Wikipedia is always right. This is a big controversy. That's true. This is a big right, controversy brewing. Um, we'll get to the bottom of it. Um, we'll reach out to Gary Bettman first. Yes, we'll <laughs> we'll get Gary's uh, input on that one. Um, He's a longtime listener. He'll 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 reach out to us. Yes. Um, is he a huge Kaniac? Huge huge Kane's country yak. Kane, oh, yeah. See, I gotcha. Yeah, that's great. All right, let's talk about the draft. Hurricanes have the 27th pick in the first round of this 2021 NHL maybe entry draft. And boy, is it a draft with lots of um, uh, excitement built around it. Um, A lot of really highly regarded prospects like... um, Yeah, so... um, (laughs) Matt, we'll go to you here a little bit. Um, I know that you're having a great time following this draft. <laughs> Who are your favorite players? Maybe not for the Hurricanes. We'll get to them. We'll, we'll get to them. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get down the depth in the draft, and we'll eventually reach them. At the top end, quote-unquote, of this draft, who are your favorite players? I'm going to start this off by saying that this is a terrible draft, oh, if you didn't no. know this already. Um. So for the folks of you at home, I hope you're sitting down for that. There's just no... You remember in 2017 when there was almost no hype behind either Nico Heischer or Nolan Patrick? Yes. Like either way, that. both picks kind of seemed pretty underwhelming. That's what I'm getting from this year. Like It's either Owen Power, a guy that at his best could be like a diet Dougie Hamilton, <laughs> or Matthew Beneers who could be a first-line forward, but still not a superstar. And you're just sitting there like, man, I hate it here. <laughs> like, hey, the, uh, the Hurricanes got Martin Natchez out of that 2017 draft. Yeah, and I mean, there, there were good players in the 2017 draft, which is kind of, I guess, kind of where I'm going with this. Like, this is where scouts earn their money. It's going to be a fun draft to look back on in five years and find out, you know, which teams in the top five absolutely struck out while, you know, other teams in the first round drafted, you know, star players. Like, I mean, coming from that, after, you know, the top five of that draft, you've got uh, Elias Pettersson, first of all. You've got uh, Nick Suzuki, and you have Martin Natchez, along with a couple other guys who have done, you know, pretty well for themselves so far. Morgan Geeky, who was at one point better than Wayne Gretzky. Uh, came from that draft as well so it could be that you could also have guy you know in a few years where you're seeing the second overall pick traded for the sixth overall pick like we saw this past week with uh patrick and glass getting swapped so as for my favorite players i i still feel like after watching some of these guys play i don't know a ton about this draft class just because of the uncertainty surrounding everything this year. But, I mean, at the top end, Matty Veneers is a great prospect. I think he's the best player in this draft class, but, you know, Owen Powers, the guy that hockey men have been conditioned to love because he's tall. <laughs> um, not saying that he's not a good prospect, but um, aim higher if you're the Sabres. They're not very good at doing They have that. a good track record. <laughs> they do the Sabres in the first round, and then they give up after the second, after the first round, which is why they fired all of their scouts. Yeah, insert meme of uh, 
Black Panther say in Infinity War say we we don't do that here. We don't do that here. <laughs> Scouting good players? Nah. Um I think another player that um is at the top of the draft that could surprise is uh William Eklund from Sweden. I think those are probably the two most exciting players in this draft class. Like I was telling Ryan before the um, the podcast got started, there were a lot of guys that I watched um, to figure out, you know, who would be in the Hurricanes range, where I just kept thinking, man, these guys would be, like, really good second-round picks in a normal year. And that's not a knock against these guys. It just shows you that, I mean, the, the level of talent in this draft is not nearly as high as it would be in... I mean, even 2020 wasn't like a great draft in terms of talent, and it's still. I would take the 2020 draft over this draft any day of the week. Yeah, so high praises of of this draft uh, <laughs> from our prospect <laughs> expert. Um, we're very excited for the draft this year, aren't we, boys? We're really excited. Oh yeah. I just hope that it's at least uh, six hours again, like uh, like last oh year. Oh my god, that Dude, was that fucking was, awful. That was I loved that so much. Brutal. Sitting here, holy shit, waiting for hours. Yeah, that's us again on a Saturday, boys. Clear clear your schedules. I was able to drive from Greensboro to Raleigh before the Canes made two picks. I'm I'm gonna hope that this year they've got that format figured out at least a smidge better. They don't. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I said go oh, past. I did not go past the time limit. You lose your pick. Like you, you're not. You just. Oh you yeah. Next person. That's how they should run it. No, Either you actually don't draft. You lose a point off of whatever your final standings point total will be oh this gosh. upcoming season. Every time you do that. So like, if you finish with 96 points, you actually finish with 95 because you. If waste you... it comes down to who has fiber internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, the Canes are screwed then if they're drafting from PNC. Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't make your pick in time, Seattle gets another selection from your team. How about that? Ron Francis will turn that down. He's only going to want draft picks again. Oh, my God. Talk Ron Francis gets your draft pick if you don't make it in time. Pick. He'll draft a defenseman. He'll, he'll pick a person with a low ceiling, high floor. There will be zero forwards selected in this draft. He'll select a puck-moving defenseman who will be a rookie in the NHL in 2030, and it'll be great. And he'll just have all of them. I mean, <laughs> my God. There's so many incentives that you could put on this year's draft, but the NHL just won't do it. They're afraid. Cowards. All of them. Afraid of progress. The no having fun league. Speaking of not having fun and being afraid, uh, let's move on to the Hurricanes at number 27 when they have a pick in the draft. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, you you just spoke so glowingly of, of this draft, and I would like to hear you talk about it more with the, the players who might be available when the Hurricanes go to the podium at number 27. Get me excited. Yeah. Damn it! You've you've All really right, so you know you... I'll, do, I'll do a better job about being positive. You see, it, it's such a hard year to be like overly positive about a lot of players because a lot of the guys in the first round have significant question marks surrounding them. You know? Yeah. Like outside of maybe even 
I wouldn't even say the top five, maybe the top three guys. There's at least, you know, one question mark in each player's game where you're kind of like, I mean, not necessarily for some of these guys. It's not necessarily like a make or break thing for some of these players. Like Brant Clark, he's probably going to be an NHL defenseman, you know. But it's like when you get to the Canes, I'll just talk about, you know, Zach LaRue, who I covered for Canes Country. If you haven't checked that out, shameless plug. Uh, read it. Read it now. Go yeah, read it. Read not it shameless. Listen to the rest of this. Or read it after, yeah. Maybe don't try to multitask, but. <laughs> he, His discipline's a major issue, right? And come with the fact that, you know, he's only kind of average in the defensive zone, and you're like, man, this could make or break a prospect. Because if he spends the whole time suspended, you know Rod Brindamore's not going to play him, you know? Mm-hmm. Go with Oscar Olauson, uh, another guy I covered. Phenomenal offensive talent, but my God, does he suck with the puck on his stick sometimes. <laughs> I mean, this, this, it, it, and it's something that can be ironed out, I think. But it's when the player starts skating, the puck either goes way past him because his legs are moving too fast, or he skates past the puck. Mm. He forgets to take the puck with him, or the puck just shoots off his stick, and he has to go chase it. So he can't you know, generate any sort of offense on his own just yet. Olausen's probably the best pick. I know that's not like a, a super ringing endorsement, but out of the guys that should that could be available when the Canes pick, now granted, Olausen could be a top 20 pick based on his upside alone. I think he would be the best guy because, you know, there is legitimate, you know, top six upside. Whereas most of the other guys in the first round, you're talking about more, you know, second, third line guys. That's just kind of the way the talent level in this draft class drops off. You've got, you know, maybe a potential superstar in Veneers and Eklund if they hit hit their ceilings. You've got Power who, you know, probably is going to be like your second or third best defenseman. And then everybody else, you know, in the top 10 is probably like a second line player. And then just a grab bag of second, third line guys in the rest of the first round. Um, but other guys, I mean, there's short King Logan Stankoven, who might have the best name in the draft, um, <laughs> right up there with, uh, oh God, why did I, Chaz Lucius, there he is. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. So there, there's two just phenomenal names in the first round. Uh, I'm still waiting for my man Primo Self to get drafted. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it'll never hurt to take a player from Europe in this draft, and that's where I think the Canes will kind of lean, because those players actually, you know, played. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, huge part of it, right? Because the the North American leagues were so, either they didn't play, or very shortened season, on and off kind of thing. And in Europe, I mean, you saw Jack Drury, who signed recently with the Hurricanes, uh, you know, he went to Sweden and he was able to play and, and not lose a year of, of development. That obviously is very important when, you know, you're in your late teens or 20 or 21. That's that's huge. And, you know, having those options certainly should be pretty tempting. And 
you know, with the Hurricanes, like, like draft philosophy, that's that's kind of been different with this regime compared to Ron Francis. They they love the guys with a one or two like really impressive tools, right? Like a, something that can carry them to the league, and you know those high upside, maybe higher risk guys, but. You know, especially in this draft, it feels like you really just got to try to hit a home run. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like going off of the home run thing, every pick is a swing for the fences because you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Like teams that draft from the OHL, I mean, the player could work out and because he's lost that year of development, there's a significant chance that he might not. Um, I think if I'm just going to make a prediction about this draft, I think a lot of U.S. born players get picked a lot higher than they should because they played almost with some of these guys twice as many games as, um, CHL players. Even the QMJHL, I think most players played less than 40 games this year and they had technically a full season that stopped like five or six times because they decided to play a full season when COVID was still a thing, but you know, (laughs) and I've seen, I've also seen scouts say that this is a really bad year for like players character. I mean, we've already seen, um, Logan Mayu. Yeah. Isn't he the one he came out didn't he come out this morning and basically say like don't draft me? Yeah, he, he came out and said said don't draft me as a way to tell NHL teams, hey, look how mature, look how I, mature am. I am. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I want you guys to pick me next year when I could still be a first round level player. Look at how cool I am. Yeah. And that how great my character after, is. Immediately after that statement, I think like the Katie Strange athletic piece where like talking with his agent was a total dick. Yeah. Talk with like the victim and she's like, I just wanted a heartfelt response and like she never received any kind of like sincere apology from him. Yeah, it's like the um what was the guy's name last year? Mitchell Miller. Mitchell Miller, thank you. It's like where he's, you know, basically like crying about how, you know, he's learned from his mistakes and all this stuff, and the mother of like the, the kid who he really just was awful to was just like we still haven't gotten an apology from him and yeah that's what it feels like to me it just feels like a player's trying to save his own image because now that he's yeah, faced yeah, the consequences yeah. of his actions he's you know trying to salvage his life yeah like with a lot of these guys it's like their priorities are very clear and it's yeah, not and i mean where it should be it, it's not and he's probably spent, you know, at least 10 years of his life, if not more, just going to hockey camps and just focusing on hockey and being more than likely this privileged little shit who hasn't had to worry about anything, you know? Yeah. But we're getting the sense with a lot of the guys in this draft class where um, you're going to see probably a lot of players fall that shouldn't. And if they do, sometimes obviously it's going to be because of size. Cause you know, NHL GMs are Neanderthals. Um, I still love that Paul Fenton quote. About the lizard. 
Which one? I mean, there's like yes. eight thousand. There's like you, you the can't Zuka, just say the that. The Zuccarello but... lizard one is 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 like an S plus tier quote, but like the one where he's like, whenever I see a player come by the draft table, he's taller than me. I I get really excited. <laughs> there should really be um, like we should we like... should we should have an episode where we just get a tier ranking list and we just get all the Paul Fenton quotes and we just we just rank them. Because I think that would be great, honestly. <laughs> that's I great mean, content. That's like an hour's worth. I forget who. I forget if it was NHL Network or Sportsnet or something. When we drafted Ponomaryov uh, last year, and they described oh, yeah. him as a small beer fridge who was built like a large beer fridge, and I still don't know what that means. It was like the what was the the? You, did you see the thing on Twitter? It was like the. A small boulder the size of a large boulder is yeah, yeah, that's, that's in the road or something like that. Like NHL, just the NHL isms. Like you could write a book on just all the stupid things that hockey men say. But going back to the draft, <laughs> I mean, you're gonna find good players, and I, I trust the Canes brass to draft the highest upside players, and I mean. This is kind of the year to swing for the fences, right? I mean, it sucks if you're trying to build a pipeline, which, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate that this is Ron Francis's first draft, you know, as GM of the Kraken. But for a team like the Canes with an already, you know, established NHL team and, you know, I'd say a top 10 pipeline still, mm. it's a good year to add, you know, the high upside pieces that other teams don't want to take because, you know, they they want the safer picks. Yeah. So that's my take. No, yeah, I think that's totally fair. And I think that's a good point. I mean, you set yourself up in, in your team like the Hurricanes where you feel comfortable with the guys you have. Like you have your Seth Jarvises and your in your Chris Juries, like guys that you're you're confident are going to, to make it. Oh, he's coming back? What did yeah. I say? Yeah. Jack Jury, not Chris Jury. <laughs> We got to talk about Chris Drury as well, though, the because Kings he are going to the Rangers. He handed out quite the contract to Barkley Goudreau. My oh, goodness. Was that confirmed? Um, I don't think so, but I, think I don't know. I hope they don't confirm it. I don't, I don't think they can like sign yet. They're not allowed to do it yet. Oh, right. They can't until Thursday. That's right. So, But like six by four for Barkley Goudreau, that's one of the worst things I've ever heard. <laughs> that's like giving Justin Applicator the same contract. Yeah. It's like Barkley <laughs> Goudreau was like the third best piece on his line, you know, a line of three. <laughs> it's like that is, yeah, that adds up. He was yeah. like, he was, the, <laughs> he, he was, I like Coleman and Gord are like, we're light years better than him. Like, and he's like good defensively, sure, but like his whole thing was like he's a like a good solid player for cheap, and that was his whole thing. If you're giving him four million dollars in six years. You're just cursing yourself. It's just damning him and the contract. It's he'll never live up to that value ever. It's like but, um, yeah. but one it's of those contracts that's set up for a buyout. Yeah, it's like any contract that um Zach Hyman receives. Um, oh yeah, future Vancouver Canuck Zach. Hyman. Also, we the Rangers are reportedly interested in him too. Oh my God, they're gonna have just so much dead cap space. In well, like five have... years, when they have to, when they're on year three of a six-year buyout. 
Well, hey, the the dead the dead cap space the Wild they're gonna have for a couple of years for Parise and Suter. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to ever top that. Yeah, I think I, I think still... next year and the year after they have like I think almost fifteen million combined of dead cap space. Yeah, Just thinking it's about it's gonna be hilarious. National. Just think about Nashville's dead cap space if Weber retires. God, I hope he retires. I'm sorry. I hope he retires. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like the Flyers should have to take was, that cast Because like, they was, signed the contract. They should get shitted <laughs> with a recapture penalty. I was literally about to say that. Like, it should be the Flyers who are getting the dead cap space there. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you try to be an asshole and write this, this horrible contract to steal this team's, like, lifeblood and captain back when they had nothing else. <laughs> so like, you should you should pay the price for that. By the same token, like Nashville could have also could have taken the four first round picks. I mean, sure, and maybe should have. Probably should have. Probably should have. Uh no, they got PK Subban, which then turned into Steven Santini, and they did go to the Subban was on the team that they went to the Cup final with, though, wasn't he? Uh yeah, yeah. it almost only counts, you know. Something True. about horseshoes and hand grenades. Something, something, yeah. But anyways, speaking of defensemen, the Canes should target that in the draft. They should. They absolutely should. I the mean, defensive pipeline's kind of... It's still filled with a lot of question marks. Because um, I think Joey Keane, at best, is probably a third-pairing guy. Same with Jesper Selgren. Uh, you don't really have anybody else <laughs> in the... You know, AHL, or at least that's, like, remotely close, you know? Uh, you've got Honka and Nikishin, both with top four potential, but they're still, you know, two, three years off. And then everybody else is just kind of a throw dart at a dartboard and see where they land in terms of potential still. So, so you're saying the, the Canes really need a left-handed puck-moving D-man in this draft? They need... Yeah, sure. They need defensemen <laughs> in general. Uh, yeah. they've already got their right-handed offensive defenseman. They've got Nikishin, who I think is left-handed. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't know everything about prospects, so... Blasphemy. Yeah. Uh, we refuse to believe that. Well, but, I mean, the other thing, too, with the defensemen is, like, they don't even really have any, like, young, like, up-and-coming guys, like, on the Raws, because, like, they just traded Hayden Fleury. They're probably going to lose Jake Bean today if you're listening to this on release day like i'm not saying either of those are the end of the world or a catastrophe i'm just saying like that that those are further hits to your there's less guys organizational yeah. defensive depth there there's holes to fill and i honestly think that um bean wasn't gonna pan out with this system he could with another team but it's pretty clear that rod brindamore was just gonna staple this poor kid to the bench Anytime he made a mistake, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I definitely don't think that's as big of a loss as uh, it can be, I guess, described. But it's at the end of the day, it's still a hole to fill, and you don't really have anybody who can fill that hole internally, like in the organization. Yeah. Like very quietly over the past couple of years, I mean, this has really become a forward heavy system. Of, of for prospects yeah which is awesome yeah and i mean it's great we still have a ton of great forward prospects maybe we trade some of them for defensemen whoa 
Wouldn't that be crazy, huh? Whoa. <laughs> Train <laughs> prospects for players. Or please get me somebody that's better than Brady Shea this time. Can we... I, I was so upset. I was just filled with rage when Ryan Ellis got traded for... for I'm sorry, Nolan Patrick, who your career has been plagued by injuries, a bust. Yeah. And 18 months ago, the Hurricanes traded a first-round pick for Brady Shea. Granted, Ellis is on a worse contract because he's older and on more term. But he's still good right now. Like He's yeah, also much I better. <laughs> I know. He's a lot better than Brady Shea. <laughs> Okay. I'm trying to spin it in a positive way. But I mean, hey, if Nashville is wanting to tear it down, Roman Yossi, I mean, that is an option that exists. Philip Forsberg? Make it happen. Nigel, <laughs> we need defensemen. We can't, we yeah, can't just keep getting forward talent. I still line up of well, the, 18 forwards. Well, the other thing with Na- Nash, because too, I remember seeing the return they got from LA for Victor Arvidsson and being like, that's it? Like, I would have done, done that too. Easy. I would take advantage of David Poyle while he's making yeah. stupid trades. David Poyle gets a lot of like praise and circles and like seen as like a GM for a GM who's never really done anything. <laughs> Same with Yarmo Kekalainen, Dale it's Talon. Like yeah. Dale Talon is Ron Francis. Dale Talon did everything <laughs> in his power to absolutely destroy the Panthers franchise and move them. Good Honestly, on them. It's kind of it's it. kind of admirable, like how bad he was for how long he was like for how long he was that bad without getting G- fired. Was he their GM for the PNC Arena cab incident with Jar yeah. yeah. He was their GM for like a solid ten years of mediocrity. Yeah. yeah. I was there that night. That's that's still one of the craziest things I've ever it's witnessed and experienced. Uh who's the San Jose GM? Uh totally blank. Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson, yeah, him too. It's like they're in cap hell from him trying to wheel and deal these bad contracts. They had to acquire it's, them in the process. That's impressive. Yeah, it's like those like Dave Boyle and Doug, like I like I can't I can't see why like they're being handed the reins to like get the teams out of the situations they themselves put the teams in. Or like Bob Murray in Anaheim, it's like, geez. Ken Holland. Although he didn't Cause the Oilers mess. They've done a good job of that over the course of like three GMs. He's just but, keeping the fire going. He's just adding. Yeah, he's it. he's doing a great job of you know at pouring oil on the dumpster fire. Anyways, Again, so it's talked just about other NHL GMs enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's thirty two. There's there's thirty two jobs, and it seems like a third of them are filled by people that just really are not qualified. <laughs> That's all right. When Eric Tolsky becomes the GM of the Hurricanes, we'll be happy. There you go. Bring back to the Hurricanes. Matt, at Canes Prospects on Twitter. Talk to me okay, about Canes Prospects. Know? Who are the prospects that you're most excited about? I mean, obviously, Seth, Jar- Seth Jarvis is one of them. Like, you know, you're getting a guy who plays who models his game after Braden Point. I mean, it's not to say that he's going to be Braden Point, because I think comparables are kind of stupid, because um, no player is the exact same. But my God, Seth Jarvis is so fun to watch. Like, the Canes haven't had a prospect as smart as he is in a while. Uh, 
maybe since they drafted Nagus, I'd say. Uh, it's just Jarvis is always in the right place at the right time. With Svech, you know, what made him a top prospect was that he was just like so dynamic offensively. And granted, he is still pretty smart, but Jarvis is just like his ability to anticipate every single play. I mean, it's beautiful to watch. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch Jarvis play yet, hopefully we will in training camp because uh, it's just, it's a treat watching him play. Other guys, though, that I'm excited for, I really like Vasily Ponomaryov. Um, I'm thrilled that he's going to Russia next year because it's pretty clear that the QMJHL just isn't a challenge for him. Um, and it just means that I get to watch more of, you know, Panamariev, you know, being a pain to play against and Alexander Boom Nikishin <laughs> just absolutely destroying people. Uh, Tuka Tiexla is my favorite Canes prospect, though. Um, okay. Because I think he's the perfect combination of Tevo Teravainen and Sebastian Ajo. Wow. And I don't use those comparisons lightly. That's magic. Like... And the way he can play, I mean, it's magical. It really is. I don't know of any player who's able to just make hockey look easy. When he did it at the U20 level, I was like, okay, you know, I mean, he's playing against guys that, you know, aren't really that good for the most part. Then I watched him play with Carpat in the men's league this year, and oh, oh my God. <laughs> I could talk about this kid for so long, man. Um he can dance through defenders. Uh, his vision is outstanding. Offensively, he's one of the most gifted players in the entire Finnish league. And like, I say this knowing that I could be wrong, but like, this is a—he's just such a smart player. And um, I was thrilled when the Canes picked him up in the draft, and uh, it's been kind of vindicating to see uh, Darren York, you know, being like, "Yeah, he's my favorite prospect." <laughs> Because I'm like, he was one of mine in the draft too, right? You know, so I'm like, oh yeah. man, gotta like you know, brush my shoulders <laughs> off a little bit there. Um, but yeah, Tiexla sees the ice like Tevo Teravainen does, you know, like he's able to just thread passes through defenses to players, you know, across the ice. One of the best cross ice passers I've seen. Um, his skating is like Sebastian Ajo. I mean, just. The way Aho, you know how he can just kind of dance around defenders? Mm -hmm. Sure. And the way he's so elusive on the ice. I mean, that's Tiexla. It's, again, when I say it, it's like he's got Aho skating. He's got Tara Vinen's vision. He can shoot the puck. He's got great hands. I mean, I don't know. He's a fun player. I could talk about him for probably about an hour. <laughs> and uh, they just recently signed him, right? Yeah, but... Um, He's going back to Finland next yeah, year, yeah. which will burn a year uh, his, of his ELC. But that's probably for the best anyways, because I did think already that he needed to establish himself in that league. Because um, he, he didn't get a ton of time in the men's league, and you don't want to throw him to the Wolves in the AHL just yet, literally. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll save the humor for you guys. <laughs> We need it. <laughs> Tiexela probably qualifies as, as an under-the-radar kind of guy compared to a guy like a Jarvis or um, a Drury, more well-known guys. But is there anyone else that's kind of like an under-the-radar guy that, that kind of catches your eye as, as someone who can, who can make it to the league and, and stay around? 
Man, I would have said Drury like a couple weeks ago, but they're giving him a ton of press, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. I cannot um, ever remember them giving, doing like in media availability for a player signing, like signing their ELC, like somebody who's been in this system for a couple years. And- yeah, unless it was a first round pick, it really doesn't happen. It's weird. Um, he's been getting a ton of coverage, so I don't think he's under the radar anymore because I think they're trying to get people to know his name. Um, Ponomaryov, I also think, is kind of under the radar just because of how he plays. Yeah. Um, so we have so many prospects still. <laughs> it's really hard to um, to think of some off the top of my head. Nikishin is under the radar in the sense that I think, you know, he was kind of billed as a big physical minute muncher type of defenseman, but he's got a surprising amount of offensive talent. He just is a 19 year old playing in the KHL that can't stay healthy. But anyways, um, and then if you want to go, you know, further down the depth chart, Kevin Wall is a guy that I think could be kind of interesting because college player, yeah. Penn State is not good. Like they were terrible this past year, and then Kevin Wall was great. So you've got a player who's kind of playing above his uh, his teammates, and the fact that he was able to do what he did on that bad of a team was kind of impressive. But uh, Wall has the skating and like the finishing ability to be an NHL player. It's just his play away from the puck has me kind of wanting more, I guess. The one player I really want to see, like, I just want to see Alexander Passion pan out just because he was such, like, a late pick. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's such a, it, it won't happen more than likely, but, like, it would be so cool to see it happen. He's a favorite of hockey Twitter well, what, people. What's going to happen is he's probably just going to stay in Russia. That's why he fell. I mean, his size is one thing, but a lot of scouts were worried that he was too loyal to his, uh, I forget the KHL team off the top of my head. Um, but they were saying he was too loyal to his team, so they were worried that they wouldn't get him to come over, which the Canes were like, cool, we'll waste a seventh-round pick on him. And, you know, if he does decide to come over when he's, like, 28 and won, like, three KHL championships, we'll take <laughs> you know? I think there are a couple interesting guys in Charlotte that, that we get a lot of questions about. And, you know, those guys are, like, Ryan Suzuki and Dominic Bach. Do you have any strong opinions on either of those guys? Um, Bach surprised me this year with Chicago in the sense that I didn't really have high hopes after he got released from his SHL team because he's playing on a good team and not getting any minutes, uh, which worried me, you know, I think he had like three points in 20 some odd games there. And then he comes to Chicago and Ryan Morsofsky's like, Hey, here's power play time. And, you know, top nine minutes. And all of a sudden, this guy's scoring goals, has like a five-game goal streak, and is, you know, putting up points. Um, Bach is still a little selfish uh, with the puck on his stick. But when a player can score like he can, I'm not going to complain. I think Suzuki grew as a player this season. The point totals... Looking at points is really easy, which is why so many people hate Jordan Stahl. (laughs) Another hot take for the podcast, man. Um, 
But with Suzuki this season, what I what I noticed is that after the World Juniors, you saw a player that was much more aggressive on the puck, much more willing to forecheck, much more willing to go to the middle of the ice, which is all things that he didn't do in his draft year and all things that caused him to fall to 28th. So it was a good year for growth. I think being in the AHL um, forced players like I guess you could throw Jarvis in there, too, for all nine games that he was there. Um, you know, you could throw Reese and Suzuki and Bach. You know, it kind of forced these players to become pro players, you know. Um, so I was happy with the way, you know, our young talent in Chicago looked. It's just all of these guys are still two, three years out. Even Jarvis, he's not making the team next year, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to keep expectations low so that if we, he does, people are thrilled. We've gotten go. that question a couple times. We've yeah. Awesome. Yeah. similar take. Yeah. Worth, worth worth saying. Okay, I think that's I think that's all of the the hockey stuff we have. Um, before we end this, Matt, uh, thoughts on the Bad Batch? Uh, we are a Star Wars loving podcast, and we know that you're a Star Wars loving Kane's prospect <laughs> Twitter account in person. Um, <laughs> thoughts on the Bad Batch? It's been cool seeing them kind of bridge the gap between Clone Wars and Rebels because, I mean, that's just kind of the way things go where when you have like this wide universe that is Star Wars, and when you have such a big gap between, you know, the prequel movies and then you know the original trilogy and then you have clone wars which kind of filled the gap between you know i guess the last like the, the originally it was supposed to be you know attack of the clones and revenge of the sith and then it kind of you know bleeds into after revenge of the sith too bad batch is kind of cool seeing the you know transition period between the clone wars and the Re- and star wars rebels and i'm liking all the little throwbacks that they do to both shows um Dave Filoni's a great writer. There haven't been many episodes where I haven't loved it, you know. I think for the most part they've all been pretty good. And it's been good about, you know, once a certain, you know, trope or plot line kind of gets old, he's good about moving it on and getting rid of, you know, characters that you just don't really have a connection to. Mandalorian Season 3 started production. Obi-Wan is in production. Last thing, which one are you most excited about of all the, the projects upcoming? Obi-Wan, probably. I just like you and McGregor. I still wish they would make an Old Republic show because um, both Knights of the Old Republic and, you know, the MMO, yeah. Star Wars, the Old Republic, phenomenal games. But um, I'll settle for Kenobi for now. So that's all we have for this week on the Canes Country podcast. Thank you again to Matt for uh, stopping by and giving us all the prospect stuff. Again, he's on Twitter at CanesNetFront and at Kane's prospects on Twitter. Obviously you probably already know about Kane's prospects on Twitter who, I mean, get with it. If you don't, then yeah, I have questions. Yeah, exactly. But for everyone else, guys, Andrew, Ryan, where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter? Follow me at a S C H N I T T five, three. You can follow me at R Y A N H E N K E L underscore. You can follow me at Brett Finger on Twitter. You can follow Kane's Country at Kane's Country. Uh, read the site, including all the prospect stuff that uh, that Matt's been posting. Uh, it's all great. It's all really insightful. You'll learn a lot about what the Hurricanes have in the farm system. Follow slash subscribe to the Kane's Country podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Uh, rate, review, do all those things. They, uh, those things help us out very much. They do. 
Uh, we appreciate uh, everyone who uh, shows support for the podcast. Uh, we will be back next week with more. Uh, we'll know what happened in the expansion draft. We'll know what happened at the NHL draft, and we'll be closer to free agency opening up at the end of the month. Have a good week. Enjoy the madness. Goodbye.